The Big Play Reflog Show is brought to you by ShackNews.com. Shack News is the place to be for all your gaming needs with news, guides, walkthroughs, and reviews like today's featured Shack Chat, where they discuss their boldest gaming predictions for 2022. And remember, you can join in on the conversation and customize your feed using the Shack News Cortex and Shack News Reader. And they do more than just video games at Shack News. Check out their new app, Shack Pets, to upload and vote on the cutest pet picks. Padone's dog is even on Shack Pets, folks. So if you're a gamer, Shack News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at Shack News and at ShackNews.com. It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world, the Big Play Reflog Show. Today is Monday, January 17th, 2022. What is going on the internet? I'm your host, Big Play Dave, alongside Judy Carrot's boyfriend, Chris McNeil. Chris, how are you, sir? Is it Bryson's? <laughs> Ashley's baby? Is it Bryson's? I'm I'm just so caught up in that story. I'm not sure what, what to think anymore, but... Uh, Yes, certainly Judy Carrots is right there in the middle of that whole saga. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, then consider yourself lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what's up, man? What's up, man? Just just following along with the Judy Carrots story on Chris's Twitter like everyone else. I'm excited for the show tonight. That's right. That is right. Jefferson uh, County buy, sell, share, <laughs> whatever it is on Facebook is lit, folks. That's all you need. Where was that, Chris, by the way? Uh, Jefferson County where, where that's in, in Missouri. I thought in it was Missouri. in Ohio. I Dude, don't know Ohio. how I would have come across it, but I did on Facebook. And <laughs> after reading it for a little bit, I'm like, this is gold. This is all. If, yeah. If you need a good laugh, go check that out on Chris's. Uh, I don't Twitter. think any of it's true. I don't know if it is or not. <laughs> Even saying that feels like I'm telling kids that there's no Santa Claus or something. So, um, just for everything, it is true. It's all true. I'm sure that's as is Santa. All right, so tonight on the show, we are kicking it off with Power Rank Monday. Um, we are doing top three athletes we don't we don't really like. We're yeah, I, don't, I hate starting off the show so negative. I have to talk to you about that. But you know what? Right. We're gonna bring it back up positive because we got our featured interview. She has an ankle. The one and only Mary Kay Cabot joining the show to talk Baker clickbait refloggers the whole nine yards well we have no idea where this is gonna go um but i think it'll be fun what do you think Rick? we'll have to see what she's putting on the table right 
That's right. Putting food on the table. What kind of food is it? Yeah, it should be fun. It should be yeah. fun. So, please, Chris, long time in the making. What's that? Make sure you ask that question that was on Twitter about the <laughs> what type of food, just in case I forget, because that was a phenomenal. <laughs> some of those questions, yeah, some of those questions, because we asked everybody going into yeah. this what questions do you have for Mary Kay Cab, and there were fa- some fabulous ones, and we'll sprinkle those in too. Nice, that's right. All right, after that, we are getting into trivia. Who wants to be a billionaire? Cavs edition. We've pivoted from Browns to Cavs. Uh, hopefully giving away some Labatt blue lights and a GV art shirt. I think we're two for two over the last couple of weeks here. So let's keep it going. We need to perfect get the, for the year. Perfect for yeah, the year. We are perfect for the year, kind of like the Cavs. Um, then we're going to get into our Cleveland headlines brought to you by TSE Cleveland. Can I help us give away that Eric Metcalf signed mini helmet? That is a good one up the middle. Uh, and then we will wrap it up with the best and worst tweets of the week. But let's kick it off with some Power Rank Monday. It's time for Power Rank Monday. All right, Power Rank Monday brought to you by LeBet. Cleveland's public enemy number one, Big Ben, played his final game yesterday. That was fun. That was a good way to go out. Uh, so we're going to power rank current athletes. They have to be current active players that we hate the most. So you can't, no Elway, no Jordan, no Big Ben. Um, I will kick it off. I struggled with this. Did you struggle? Did with this? I, you know, yeah. Weird. We don't Maybe. have any real good rivals right now. No. It's kind of upsetting. And I didn't really realize that until I started going through the list. And you have no Big Ben, of course. And you know, even with Michigan, you know, you go Harbaugh or something. That's more of a kind of a fun thing. I don't know. He's a goofy dude. So I couldn't go there. So I, I went all basketball on mine. It was it was difficult. I feel like we we peaked with Golden State Warriors from like a hatred perspective. And right. then like after that, there wasn't a whole lot. Like I was going through the list and Nick, we were talking about it, too. We were like, there's no one I really hate in sports right now. It's kind of a weird feeling. I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Back in the day, I mean, you had Elway, you had Bill Lambeer. I mean, every single sport had their guy or their few guys that you absolutely hated. Nowadays, it's like, eh, not so much. That's yeah, right. David we and I were literally that. running through the Yankees and Astros rosters. Yeah, like, like, there has to be someone on the Yankees <laughs> I hate. <laughs> All right, Crazy. I'll kick it off. My number three. Number three. I'm going Tyreek Hill doesn't strike me as a great guy there's there's been some stories over the years but when he's dancing with the pom-poms looking like kind of an idiot like i know you're blowing out big ben and you know that team's just not that good and you see patrick mahomes like carrying him off the field like all right get away from here come on come on. i felt like it was like patrick mahomes like telling his family like all right please stop doing this please stop embarrassing me this is this is getting to be something so tyreek hill makes my number three Number two. Number two. Chase Claypool. Something about the dude I just don't like. I feel like Steelers fans don't really like him either, which is not a good sign when <laughs> when your own fan base kind of turns against you. So definitely Chase Claypool at number two. And number one. Number uno. 
sticking with the Steelers. This took me a second to remember, but Mason Rudolph, the Steelers starting quarterback for the next few years. Mason <laughs> Rudolph, very, very easy guy to not like. Still waiting for that audio to come out from the NFL. You know they have it. You know they, they got have. it. They've got Kareem Hunts. And he during that game said they didn't have any audio. Very interesting. Don't like you, Mason Rudolph. Chris, what do you got? Power three. My number three. Number three. And this is a recency bias here, but watching <laughs> the Cavs game tonight, today, this afternoon, and watching them play the Nets, James Harden. And I, I've always kind of liked his style a little bit and his dismissive way. And, and Man. he's just kind of cool. But then you see him play your team and just some of the chicken bleep stuff that he does on the court. Like, <laughs> he is just a collection of chicken bleep stuff. Just one after another. Like anything that you could do in the in the NBA right now, that's Bush League. He has gotten his repertoire, and I watched it in all its glory today. <laughs> just maddening, Nick. So I went James Harden at my number three. That's a good one. My number two. Number two. My number two and my number one are both holdovers to the LeBron days here when we were going back and forth with Golden State. Number two is Steph Curry. Steph Curry and his his mouth guard that he's always playing with and just the fact that everybody in America and the world seems to love this guy and what he did to us with the exception of one, of course, 2016, and every time we met them in the championship. So still have that hatred for Steph Curry. So he's my number two, which leads me to our number one. Draymond Green. I mean, the enforcer there for those battles with the Cavs, it's just, he's one of those personalities I just, I don't like. And uh, I, I, it's a holdover from those years. Once again, I still have all this latent hatred for Golden State and uh, it comes out in this list. And Draymond Green <laughs> is certainly one of those faces of that <laughs> hatred for me. Chris, we were just talking about th this whole dynasty and like if the Golden State Warriors weren't around, like LeBron Kyrie would still probably be here. They would have probably kicked Kevin Love out by this point. But like that team probably would have been intact. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And probably won multiple championships. But we wouldn't have the team that we have today. So we'll take there it. There we go. There we go. Nick, top three. What do you got? Yeah, you queued me up. Perfect, Dave. My number three. I'm going to go with Kevin Durant, the player that cost the Cavs the dynasty. I was going to have James Harden on this list. I don't like the way that he plays the game. Chris said everything that there is to be said, but Kevin Durant pulled one of the softest moves of all time. He joined a 73-9 and win basketball team after he blew a 3-1 to lead in a conference championship series to that same exact team. And if he doesn't do that, maybe the Cavs find established dominance over over the Warriors and that whole you know rivalry has flipped on its head where the Cavs win multiple of those championships with potentially Kyrie and LeBron together and not just LeBron by himself so Kevin Durant will eternally I feel like make this list for me forever that's my number three ruined basketball ruined it my number two <laughs> number two 
Well, this one hurts me a little bit, and I don't hate the player. I don't hate the person. I hate the situation. You hate the and game. He's, he's on <laughs> I your was TV. waiting for him to say that. Yeah, he's, he's on your he TV. Doesn't hate the player. He hates the game. He's on your TV, guys, right now, and it is Odell Beckham Jr. I really? hate that. I hate that he requested the trade this off season with the coach of the year, with you know the one of the league's hottest QBs, and he really never wanted to be in Cleveland, guys. Let's face it. And we've learned now in the Baker Wars and the postmortem of said wars that it wasn't Odell's fault, it wasn't Baker's fault, but just the way that that whole thing ended. Odell still finds his way number two on on this list for me. Interesting. Okay. My number one. I can't believe that you guys didn't have this guy on any of your lists. I'm going with Lamar Jackson. You know, in in a AFC North where the Pittsburgh Steelers don't really have an answer currently at quarterback, and the Cincinnati Bengals have one of the most likable guys on planet Earth in Joe Burrow, you have Mr. Confident, Mr. Cocky, Mr. Swagger, Mr. My Mother is going to negotiate my contract for me, Lamar Jackson. So he's number one on my list. He's the Ravens quarterback. I will spoil Sports hate whoever is the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. So Lamar Jackson and all of his fans who hate me very much finds his way at number one on my list. Hey, they came after you that one time. They came after me. I I received some of the nastiest DMs after that. That was just a throwaway comment that I made on one of these shows. And man, they took that and they ran with it, didn't they? But here I go again. Lamar Jackson's number one on my list. I don't care. There you go. That is power rank monday all right let's let's move into our featured interview of the week we're bringing in mary Kay cabot let's get it going all right on the labat blue hotline brown's a beat writer for cleveland.com the plane dealer analyst for WKYC and Pro Football Hall of Fame selector, Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, welcome to the Big Play Reflux Show. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How you doing? We're good. We're good. Uh, so Reflux put it out there for fan questions today. Uh, the most popular question that came in from Brown's Twitter, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> you want an answer to that? <laughs> no not really <laughs> so, be more specific i mean i don't it's know a michael I mean. scott meme michael scott meme yeah so so to, to put that into perspective so there, there seems to be a disconnect from the, the local media and some of the fans especially on twitter uh at times why, why do you think that is well um you know is is chris you're on here right Oh, yeah. I'm right here. Hello, Mary Kay. So, you know what? One of the the reasons why I wanted to do this is because, um, you know, and and do do I call you? What do I call you? Chris? Reflog? You can call me whatever you want to. The head (laughs) of the Reflog army, I think. Yeah, the Reflog. Okay. So one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because, um, you know, Chris and I have Reflog and I have some history with, um, you know, with with some of this kind of stuff. And... um, and I, I feel like uh, if if maybe we kind of walk through our story a little bit, uh, then I think maybe people might understand. 
uh, a little bit more about some of the crap that I take on Twitter. Uh, I think, you know, some of the things that we've gone through uh, may have something to do with that. And some of it might have to do with the fact that uh, I don't know that everybody really reads as much anymore uh, what we really actually write, or if maybe they're reading an aggregation of what we write, we write like the, the Baker column that I wrote, the click the clickbait column. I don't know if anybody actually really read it. It was behind a paywall. I don't know that Baker read it. Uh, but what I do think people saw uh, was, uh, you know, were some of the aggregations of what I wrote. And sometimes people will give me crap for things that have nothing to do with what I really wrote. So that's one of those things. But uh, I just wanted, uh, you know, Reflog and I to kind of tell our little story and our little history of how we arrived at the place where we are at now, where I'm kind of willing to sit down and, and do this podcast and have a little bit of fun with it. So I listened to your podcast that you did on cleveland.com yeah. and you were describing the situation a little bit. And, and the way that you characterized it was that you had blocked me on Twitter mm-hmm. and then I became insanely angry about that situation. And does that, do you think that's really accurate to what, <laughs> what my feelings were about that block at that time? I was kind of curious because when I was listening to that, I was like, I don't recall being very angry. And I don't think even when we talked that I was particularly angry with you, but you certainly characterized it as I was a uh, very, very upset at that time. Well, I know that, um, you know, that you were very bothered by the fact that I blocked you, which that did, like, I didn't even, I had no idea that, that that was a thing, that that was an issue uh, until one day when one of my daughter's friends uh, came, was over and she said, and I, I was like, I said, God, I wonder why, like, uh, you know, everybody's so, there's so much vitriol on Twitter and, um, you know, in my comments and stuff like that. And he said, oh, it's reflog. He, he kills you all the time. He's just constantly out there killing you and destroying you and trying to make you look bad. And I was so like, it's really? all my fault. Well, no, I'm not saying it's all your fault. It's not all your fault. Um, But anyways, you do have 350,000 followers. And so I, um, you know, I kind of filed that away. I'm thinking, oh, I I had no idea. Did no idea that this was happening because for some reason I had blocked you some years before. And, and I, I didn't realize that, uh, that this became a thing. So uh, some years went by and one of my friends who had done a story on you, talk to you about, uh, you know, kind of the, the grief that, that I was taking and, uh, on your, on your feed and from a lot of your followers. And he, and he said, you know, he, he wants you to unblock him. Like he wants to be unblocked. And, um, and so I'm like, Oh, okay. I, you know, I didn't know that, that this was a a big deal. And the reason why I do block people, uh, sometimes is because, you know, it's, if you're out there trying to provide content and you're working hard and trying to, uh, you know, just, you know, break news and whatever else, you know, I, it, to be disrespectful to a person that is trying to, to do a job and to, you know, to provide a service, it just, it just doesn't sit well with me. So I block people that are abusive. We were talking before the show, Dave and I, and we were trying to set an over under, a number of people you have blocked. Mary Kay, how many do you think you have blocked right now? I, we said it at a thousand. Yeah, we were, we were thinking like a thousand. I, you know what? I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. But I will say that here's, here's the thing. Nowadays, we don't have to leave our mentions open 
Uh, and I know people that don't leave their mentions open. Uh, mm -hmm. You can easily turn those off. So nobody has an opportunity to comment on your stories. But, you know, I don't want to do that. I think half the fun of, of Twitter is that, you know, it, it's the dialogue, it's the discourse, it's the back and forth, it's the, you know, it's the give and take. But when it becomes abusive, and as you guys know, it often becomes really abusive for female sports writers, like really bad. I mean, do I deserve to be called the C word 25,000 times because I wrote a column about Baker Mayfield saying that he should work his issues out with his head coach? I mean, do, do I need my daughters to see that? Do I need my son to see that? Did I need them to see that kind of stuff while they were growing up? No. So therefore, if I'm, you know, going to practice, making observations, breaking stories, which I still try to do whenever I can. And I'm providing a free service, like complaining about the free food, you know, it's like, you know, if you're providing a, a free service, which now we actually have people that uh, do pay for texts and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But when you're providing people with information and working hard, and I've got a very mm -hmm. strong work ethic uh, that was instilled in me by my very, very, very hardworking parents. And I'm out here working hard if anybody, uh, if anybody hasn't noticed over all these years. And so when I'm, when I'm doing that, you know, I just don't feel that being abused and being called names is, it's just like, why should I, why should you be allowed to get my information? I mean, why, why should you be able to, to see that if you're going to call me names? Now, if you want to say, you know what, I completely disagree with you. And I think that you're wrong about this player. And I think that, you know, your opinion is, you know, bad. And, you know, we just have to agree to disagree. I can take that any day of the week. It's the abusive stuff that I will block for. And there's, there's plenty of it. And Mary Kay, I think here's another part of it that goes untalked about. And I think a big part of it is just sheer media literacy where people, I I've seen it, you know, far and wide, people accuse you of making things up and what really are sources. And as somebody that studied journalism and put, you know, kind of chunk of my life into this as well, I understand that that's really not just something that you can do. So could you please explain for people, obviously without naming any names, how that process works and how that the stuff that you're putting out there and then the new that you're breaking isn't just pulled out of thin air. Yeah, yes, I definitely want to explain that. But let me just very quickly wrap up um, the, the story between uh, Reeflog and I, because I think we've arrived uh, at a place of professional respect. And I think we did it mm -hmm. in, in the right way. And I, I would like, I don't know, I guess there's a part of me that, that wishes that there could be uh, better communication in the world, uh, better professional, more professionalism, and just people, you know, just being, a, it's going to sound so Pollyanna, but just, you know, how about kindness and respect and humanity and all those great things? I mean, I, that's who I am. And, and I know that's who Reflog is as well. So we, Kumbaya, Kumbaya, right? Yeah, there. exactly. And I know this Starting is off the new happy. year, new off season for the Cleveland Browns. Kumbaya. I'm right there. And, and, and again, I know that there's a, you know, there's a personas and things like that, but still, I just wanted to say that we, uh, you know, I picked up the phone and I called him and we had a conversation and we talked about, um, you know, work ethic and hard work and daughters and, you know, just a lot of different things about, uh, you know, how I do my job and why, why wouldn't I have maybe blocked someone along the way? And why would I maybe unblock? And I've unblocked some people too. 
at least one. You didn't unblock the show, though, which was kind of funny. So we were trying to put out promos for the show, and you still got the show blocked. The oh, show okay. that you were on. I'll unblock the show. I'm like, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Didn't even know. But anyways, um, I mean, you know, half the time I'm just trying to get baloney and toilet paper into the house, right? I mean, I, in addition to covering the Browns a million hours a day, I've also raised three children yeah. uh, throughout all of this. So, you know, it's uh, – you know, it's a lot, but anyways, it's, it's all, it's all good. Uh, so the question about, yes, making things up, let me give you a few examples of things. Okay. Uh, and th- this For might sure. help people to understand. For sure. Uh, I think this is big. I think like, this is something that should probably be taught in public schools in the year 2022, like understanding this process. Yeah. And first of all, you know, they just don't let you keep this job for 30 years if you're going around making things up. And I think you guys could see during the Baker Mayfield clickbait situation that you probably saw that I had a lot of national um, people coming to my defense and you don't get that kind of support nationally if you haven't done, you know, some things right over the years. So let me just say real quick, let me give you a few, a few examples about these kinds of things. So let's, uh, let's go back um, to David Njoku last year, right around the trade deadline. And if you recall, maybe you don't, but if you recall, I wrote a story, um, saying that David Njoku still wanted, wanted to be traded, right? Yep. Okay. So I said, David still wanted to be, tra- wanted to be traded. And, um, and that was according to sources or a source, whatever. I can't remember if I had one source for that or more, but it was sources source. And, um, and so David came out, he saw that right. and he came out right away and he came out and said, I never told her that. And so then the Twitter universe rained down upon me that I made up this information and that once again, there I went stirring the pot, right? Mm. Well, let me just say that um, I'm not going to get too specific about my source, but let's just say that it was a source close to the situation. And I don't want to get any more specific than that, but a source of very close to the situation, very, very close to the situation told me that. And, you know, they kind (laughs) of, Again, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but David wanted no, out. Feel free. Feel free. <laughs> I don't mind. We do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. we do it all the time. But, but David wanted out. Okay. David wanted out, but David was right. And he, he did not, he was not the one that told me that, but it was somebody else that told me that. And, you know, and they had a plan. Okay. They had an agenda. They had a plan. They wanted him out. Uh, so I wrote that. So David goes ahead and just, you know, brings the wrath of, of Twitter world upon me. And, you know, and I, I think I quote tweeted him or replied and said something like, he's telling the truth. You know, he's right. He, you know, he, he did not tell me that, but of course, you know, I can't rat out my sources. So I wasn't about to say who it was. Well, anyways, then, so, you know, I'm the horrible person that makes things up, blah, blah, blah. So then we get to a couple months later, fast forward that year to the Super Bowl, and David Njoku goes on with Jim Rome. And he says, oh, yeah, I was unhappy. I wasn't seeing eye to eye with the Browns. I mean, I wrote this whole story, you know, word for word, Jim's interview with David Njoku. By the way, I had been good. I had been very good to David Njoku before that. In fact, when he when he was in Freddie Kitchen's doghouse, he, you know, he opened up to me about how bad that was and how hurtful that was and how he needed to rehabilitate things and how he would not come back if Freddie was coming back and all that kind of stuff. 
So he goes and he tells Jim Rome, yeah, you know, I wasn't seeing eye to eye. I wasn't happy. I was mad that they, you know, that they um, signed Austin Hooper and drafted Harrison Bryant. And, you know, I wasn't getting the ball. And, and, and Jim Rome said, well, do you want to come back in 2021? And he was like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if I want to. So yeah. that whole story corroborated what I wrote. Right. I mean, yep. I was right with what I wrote and I was right at the time. And then there's one more little addendum to that one because there's more like this. But to, the addendum to that one is, you know, I thought, you know, sometime in the offseason, I'm just going to go straight to David and ask him because that's what we should do. I mean, you want to go straight to the person and ask them, hey, are you happy? Do you want to be back? How are things going? So I DM'd him. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, his DMs were open and I, and I DM'd him and just said, hey, you know, David, you know, I saw this stuff, whatever, you know, just want to make sure you want to be back and just want to talk to you, whatever. So he screenshotted our DM exchange and put something with it like, um, oh, do you want to play, you know, some video game that he he was trying to, I don't know, he was he had some endorsement. And so he used that opportunity to, mm. you know, to try to make me look bad. Now, what was my wrong part in all of that? Anything? Something? Go ahead. I mean, I'll, I can take it. What What did I do wrong in all that? For Njoku? Yeah, the whole the whole Njoku story. What did I What did I do? Doesn't sound like anything in that case. So when I what? the next time I saw David Njoku, I, the next time I actually saw him in person was at um, at a charity event in November. Um, I think it was. Yeah. And, um, where I just had him one-on-one -on -one, where I could just ask him a question one-on-one, -on -one, not at, not in a weird formal mm -hmm. setting. And I, I said, I said, I said, David, I said, why did you do that to me? I said, I said, I feel like you owe me an apology for that. I said, like, that wasn't cool. And he was like, Oh, Oh, what? And I was like, I was like, you know, screenshotting a DM where I was just professionally trying to ask you, from your own, in your own words, what, you know, what, what that was all about. And he was like, oh, well, I needed to get some attention for, you know, this video game. I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. He's using you to market his video game. He's using me to market his video game. And, but I, you know, I did tell him like, like right to his face. I was like, well, you know, you owe me an apology for that. And because he knows on some level that I have never done him wrong. I have never, ever, ever done him wrong. And when some people, perhaps even his camp, somebody's camp, wanted something out about him wanting to get traded. They came to you. Let's just say they came to me. But anyway. So where's he at right now? I mean, he says he loves Cleveland. Does he still yeah. want out? No. Curious. No. He wants to be here and they want what, him to what's be been here. the biggest change uh you know obviously we've had regime change and, and things like that but what's been the biggest change that he now just seems to embrace the city because they showed that they believed in him andrew barry drafted him and andrew barry yeah. likes him as a player and believes in him and still thinks he has upside and he's still young he's 26 years old and um and they you know they still think that he can be a number one or number two tight end. And he keeps getting better every year. And that's the other thing. I never all year dating all the way back to training camp of this summer. 
I never, of course, never, because I never went unprofessional. I never let what he did to me impact anything that I wrote about him. Starting in training back camp, and you can go back and look it up. Uh, anything that I ever wrote about him, I said he was the most dangerous tight end they have on the roster. Uh, that I believe that he is capable of at least eight tight end touchdown catches a season. Mm-hmm. I had people laughing at me for that, but I do believe it. And so, of course, you, you don't let that impact uh, when you are professional. Uh, you don't let those kinds of things impact how you cover a person. And there's another distinction that people, I think, need need to understand because the lines are so blurred anymore. There's like there's regular journalism where, you know, I mm. I tell the good, the bad and the ugly. There's team journalism where it's just the good. And then there's some fan journalism, too. And that's OK, too. N- none of it's bad and none of it's good. It's just different. And I'm some of the school. fan journalism is pretty bad, actually. But the point is that I'm, you know, old school and where right. I'm going to write a column and I'm going to say, hey, you know what? Miles Garrett talked after a game and said something about sideline adjustments. And I think that maybe that would have been uh, better set kept in house. So. You know, maybe somebody else like fan journalism wouldn't write that and team journalism wouldn't write that. But there's still, you know, the old school uh, journalists. We do write that. I want to give you another another example real quick, if you Mm -hmm. will allow me to. And I would like to talk about the Baker thing, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, why not? I talked about it on my own podcast. So, I mean, we should talk about that because that was a pretty big deal. I'm dying dying to hear the Baker stuff. Yeah. It was not only Baker, but you had a few people come after you after that. So, yes, yes. And we we can break them down one by one. But I just want to I just want to give you like one more super, super quick story about how some things get twisted a little bit. So I had an issue with Cam Hayward. Um, Was that only last season? I guess it was last season. And um, so Cam Hayward, you know, in a press conference said, we're going to make Baker Mayfield think about that rib injury. And so, you know, I I think I wrote a story about it, you know, when he said it, we're, you know, we are going to make Baker Mayfield think about that rib injury. So then during the game, Cam like fell on top of him or did something and, I think I tweeted something like um, Cam Hayward, who said, you know, we were going to make him think about that rib injury, sacked Baker or whatever. So Cam came out afterwards. It came out like and quote tweeted me and said, I, ne- I never said that. I never said that. Well, I had a video, you know, I used the video with my story showing him actually saying those words, but um, he, you know, he said, I never said that. I'm like, Okay, so Cam unwittingly or wittingly, however you want to look at it, brought the wrath of Twitter down upon me. And I had you make things up and you're a liar and you said this and you said and I'm like, well, no, he actually said that. But um, so and this story, I think I also told on a podcast, the PR director of the, the Steelers, Bert Loughton, is just he's an amazing PR director. He's very professional. And um and so he was willing to get Cam and I on the phone. And Cam is a very cool guy, went to Ohio State, just a really great guy, does a lot in, in every community, does some stuff here, does, does things in Pittsburgh. His wife is from North Olmstead. And of course, he's, he's a Buckeye. And, and that's a cool thing. But, um, but anyway, anyway, so we got on the phone and, and we talked about it. And, uh, and Cam said, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. I, 
I said it and I should not have said that I didn't say it. And he apologized to me and he deleted the tweet and, you know, we went on our, our merry way. So that was that one. And, um, and sometimes that's just how these things happen. But I mean, so fast forward to now you have Baker Baker coming after you, you know, you write the article, he Mm -hmm. says you're basically making clickbait and he's saying that you're using him to put food on your table. And by the way, what, what kind of food are you putting on the table? What, what are you serving there on the Baker well, story? Well, that's what, you know, I, I tried to have a little bit of fun with that. And in my, uh, <laughs> in, in one of my response, when I did, when we did the podcast talking about this, I said, um, I talked on the podcast, how my, my son, who's about Baker's age, by the way. And that's why I sort of have an appreciation for the age group. Like, you know, I was kidding around. I'm like 20 somethings. I can handle 20 somethings. I have three of them myself. And, you know, I understand the age group and, you know, I, I, I can, I can battle with it with a 20 something. I'm like, I've got this, but, um, but anyway, so, um, so my son who is about Baker's age, he wanted to tweet out, um, Hey Baker, I've got news for you. Uh, my mom hasn't put food on the table in 25 years. So, you know, we wanted to have a little bit of fun with that. And, uh, you know, and we tried to, but on Twitter, if, if you are in a, in a situation where, you know, everybody thinks a certain has you in a certain box, then you can't even try to have fun. You can't even try to be funny. You can't make a joke. You can't do any, you know, you can't do anything like that because people have decided, nope, mm-mm, she's something. And um, so anyways, so we had, I, I was trying to have a little bit of fun with that. And, um, yeah. and, and I thought that was kind of funny, but anyways, so the whole Baker thing, I still don't think Baker read that column. I don't think Baker read that column because I'll tell you what, that column was so pro Baker. It's not even funny. It's just, I mean, and, and most people probably didn't read the column because for the past, I don't know how many ever months I have been trying to tell people, look, it's not just the harness. It's the left tackle problems. It's the right tackle being injured. It's Kareem Hunt being out. It's Odell bolting town. It's, a receiving core that for whatever reason is not performing the way anybody expected this year. Look at all he's got on his plate. And all of that was in that column as well. I said, so do you think Baker was coming after you just personally? Do you think he just saw the column, no. saw something, read no. the headline, said Mary I, I, Kay I, Cabot, I'm coming after her because she's Mary Kay Cabot. No, because Baker usually answers my questions uh, very respectfully. And, okay. um, and no, he doesn't usually do that to me. So I think he saw the aggregation and people were pulling out in paragraphs like 27. I said, if basically the headline of the column was that Baker Mayfield needs to work through his issues with Kevin Stefanski so that they can find a path forward. Because when I sat down to try to figure out what I wanted to write about Baker Mayfield after that horrible game in Pittsburgh, when most people were writing him off. And most people were saying he sucked. And most people were saying he's gone and he's never going to play for the Cleveland Browns again. I sat there and I really thought hard about what I wanted to say and what I knew. And in conversations that had gone on for seven weeks and eight weeks about what was going on with Baker Mayfield. uh, These are things that I gathered through a a lot of conversations (laughs) that he had had some issues with, you know, some of the play calling 
which a lot of people had issues with the play calling this season, uh, but that he had issues with some of the play calling, didn't always feel like he was being put in the best position to succeed. And so my, uh, my column basically stated that he needed to work through those issues with Kevin Stefanski so that they could find a path forward. And in the event that it just seemed like it wasn't going to work out between them, that I said he might consider or that he would consider asking to be traded. And why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? If, if he thought that he wasn't going to be put in positions to succeed and he's going into the last year of his contract and he wasn't going to look as good as he believes he can look on the football field and he's got a very strong team around him, a very, a very strong entourage around him in the same way that Odell Beckham Jr. does, why wouldn't they put their heads together and say, you know what? If you guys aren't going to make a long-term commitment to Baker Mayfield right now and think the, the climate and the environment might not be perfect for him next year to the point where he can really succeed, then maybe we should both think about a change of scenery. What's so, what is so crazy about that? Do, what, you, think, do you think Stefanski – Wants Baker? Yeah, I think that the Browns would like to have a better Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield would like to have a better situation to flourish in. So that's what I think. But I also think that, yes, they did need, and they had it. They had their meeting. Now, everybody can call it just a routine exit meeting, if that's what they want to call it. Exit interview, yeah. But when you're, yeah, but when your quarterback in the season finale calls you out the way that Baker, not calls you out specifically, but questions why you would have left James Hudson on an island out there and why, hey, this is the NFL, you have to make sideline adjustments. Well, that right there, if nothing else had happened the whole rest of the season, that requires a little extra conversation. Okay. I mean, it just does. That just that's going to require a like, you know what, we don't talk like that publicly because that isn't good for perception and for other people and those kinds of things. So it was the second time that he had questioned Kevin Stefanski's play calling. It was the second time. And we know the first time was after the Ravens victory where he said um, we got too conservative or we got. Yeah, we got too conservative. So therefore, um you know that there's a bit of a disconnect there. Even if yeah. I didn't have sources telling me that for seven weeks, he there was something. Okay, it wasn't nothing. It do wasn't. Think, do you think that the the um, front office that Andrew Barry? Do you think that they believe in Baker? I do. I do. I think that they believe in Baker. I think that they uh, that they believe that this was a down year for him, and I think that they recognize. They have to recognize all of those other things that I have been pointing out for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I defy anybody uh, to say that I didn't try to uh, to show what this young man had been going through all season, because I every single time I sat down at the computer, I put all of those things into every column or story that I wrote, because I do believe it myself. It's really hard uh, to run your offense when you've got one tackle that is not himself because of an ankle injury and a right tackle 
who missed most of the season and Kareem Hunt not being there and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. No deep threat so that they can stack the box because you can't stretch the 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 offense. You can't stretch the defense. Like right. you can't hit a deep ball. I mean, you've got Donovan Peoples-Jones playing X. You've got Anthony Schwartz out the concussion. I mean, a lot of things went wrong. And I think that the Browns believe that if they can make a lot of those things right, that you're going to have a better Baker Mayfield. And I do believe that too. too. I really, really do believe that. And so that column, that was not an anti-Baker column by any stretch of the imagination. The part that got him, I believe, and maybe that other people took and sort of ran with a little bit and put some headlines on. I didn't put a headline on that. My headline was he needs to work things out with this coach so that they can find a path forward. That was my point. That was my point. Now, after uh, Baker called you, after you know, Baker things, called you, yeah, go ahead, Mary Kay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, you know, the, the, you know, I saw headlines that were like, Baker's going to ask to be traded. I mean, even on the, at the game the next day, the sideline reporter said, well, I asked Baker, you know, is it true you're, um, that you're going to, that you asked to be traded like past tense, <laughs> like <laughs> somehow it turned into Baker asked to be traded. And that was nowhere near anything close to what I wrote. So, so America, what, what, what was it that you wrote in the article? Because I think that was like one of the biggest issues you're right. That people had with it. Was it that you said he would ask for a trade or was it, was it not put that way? Cause I no, guess asking like, okay. It, was it, wasn't not that that way. Way. it wasn't put that way. And then the column was behind the paywall. So, I mean, did Baker go behind the paywall and read it? I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he's, maybe he subscribes. Maybe he's an insider subscriber to our insider stuff. Maybe he, he gets is. your text. You get your text to know what's maybe going on. Maybe he does. <laughs> Hopefully he does. But anyways. Um, so no, I, I doubt that he read it. I think he read, uh, there was like a couple headlines, you know, Baker has so many issues with Kevin Stefanski. He's going to ask to be traded. It was, and that's not what I wrote. I said, if they can't arrive at a path forward and a place that everybody feels comfortable with, he would consider asking asking to be traded. Now, but to be fair, I mean that is kind of putting words in his mouth because you don't know if he would ask. You know what I mean? Like well, I think it, it was a sourced it was a sourced column. So okay, okay. So I, you know, you know, maybe I, I mean, at the at the top, I said I had I had been talking to sources. So, um, so I don't feel. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel bad about that. I mean, I, I'm, what I'm saying is I 100% stand by that because if they couldn't come to arrive at a place of this is going to be good for you next year, and we're going to do things that you feel good about, and we're going to have things around you and, you know, there are going to be better receivers and you're going to have better protection and we're going to do more play action or rollouts or whatever. Like if they couldn't get to that place where everybody can feel good about the path forward, then there wouldn't be a path forward. It, right. I mean, I mean, they already haven't offered him a contract extension. So obviously everything is not, you know, there is a little trouble in paradise if they have gotten to this point and there is no, you know, talk of, of a contract extension. Now, maybe I think the Browns really want it to work out and believe that it will. I think they still believe that he is the guy. 
I do still think they believe that. But they still have to continue to communicate and to clear the air and to work through their issues. And I, I mean, that's what I wrote. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I actually thought, well, maybe I'll open up the, uh, open up the column for a few days and let people actually see what I wrote. But, you know, like I said, sometimes you just, you get in a no win situation. It's like time to move on. So after you put out those comments <laughs> and Baker has his say about it, then you had like the floodgates of former players kind of jumping on and piling on you. You had Brandon Whedon, Derek <laughs> Anderson, Deshaun Kaiser, Johnny Manziel. Um, oh, Johnny was, said something. Yeah, Johnny came back. Manziel came out with something. Yeah, it was Dave. It was kind what of did he say? Yeah, I forget well, exactly what it was. He, but he well, was everyone talking. was looking for him to make a comment, right, Mary Kay? Because right. everyone else was coming yeah. coming to Baker's defense. So naturally, Johnny Manziel started trending because it was like, oh, when's John? Where's Johnny's comment? When's Johnny going to say something? And surely enough, he sparked up and said that. Yeah you know, the Browns are trash or something. And he was going to enjoy his martini, something along the lines of that. Yeah. That's and right. that's fine. So, all right, well, let's, let's break it down for a minute. Okay. Let's start with, let's take these let's characters with, one by one. I'm, one I'm by one. Just the Muniverse, the Muniverse. All right. That's so right. first, yeah. First of all, with Johnny Manziel, like Johnny Manziel. the okay. first, I knew within the first two weeks he was in Cleveland that he had issues with, um, I, I don't want to take his inventory or, but it was, it was obvious that he, uh, that he needed some help. Okay. And I knew that right away. And I, I started writing, you know, kind of alluding to those kinds of things. And at one point I even, and I was worried about him just because, like I said, I have three 20 somethings myself and I, I care about these guys and I care about them as people and I care about their well being, And, um, I remember I, you know, I would say to the team or I would say to people, you know, like, like he's not right. Something's not right. Well, finally I said something to it. I tried to say something to his dad. I'm like, you know, I, I think he's in trouble and his dad did not want to hear that from me. He did absolutely did not want to hear that from me. And that's fine. How did that conversation go? I could imagine that that wasn't well received on his part from what I've heard. no. No, not, no, not at all. I mean, that was a, like, I, that was a, even in a text where I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I think he needs, you know, the people around him to support him or something like that. And I, it was not, well, it was not well received and that's fine. I mean, and I've done that with other players too. If I see a player that I think is in trouble, like with Josh Gordon, there were times when I, <laughs> when I told the team, I think, I think Josh is in trouble again. I, something's not right with him. He's not okay. And I, you know, and occasionally I have done that just because um, there's just a humanity aspect to, to the job. And I, you know, like I said, I try to do things the right way. So now with Baker. Um, oh, okay. So, so that's the Johnny. I mean, Johnny, um, Johnny was, Johnny was Johnny. I mean, what, what could, you know, what, there was nothing anybody could do. He was, he was in a place of, he was in a bad place. He was in a bad place. And I hope when I watch his Instagram now, I hope, I hope that he's going to be okay. I really want him to be okay. He's a cool young man. I never had, you know, never had any, you know, one-on-one personal problems with him at all. And I, just like I feel about everybody else that I ever cover, I want them to be okay as people. Okay. So that's Johnny. Um, Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Okay. So here's the, here's the backstory with Brandon Whedon. 
All right, Colt McCoy. I covered um, Colt McCoy. The, I, I did the whole, you know, I talked to Colt McCoy's dad. We got, we've got that book. Dave, you've got the oh, book yeah. in the background there. Growing Up Colt. Growing Up Colt, yeah. There it is. There it is. There it is. That's a collector item. <laughs> I, yeah. I got that thing for a dollar at Ollie's back <laughs> a couple of years ago, and I gave out some copies, and Dave got one of those. So, yep, we're familiar with Colt and his dad here on the show. Yeah. Well, anyway, so Colt, um, Colt was put back into the Steelers game after he had a concussion. Yeah. And, yeah. and Colt's dad, you know, somebody said, hey, Colt is going to the – He's going for an MRI today. He has a, or whatever. He's going for a brain scan. He has a concussion. And, you know, this was a source that told me this. He said, but you're not, I can't be your source on this. You have got to go find somebody else that's going to actually tell you this because I'm just giving you a tip. So don't write it right now. You got to go get a source. So I called everybody that I could think of connected with Colt. And then I, and I got his dad on the phone and I said, Hey, I'm hearing that Colt has a concussion. And his dad just kind of like went off and he said, um, that's true. They put him back in the game with a concussion and, and uh, you know, it never should happen and blah, blah, blah. So I wrote it and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't off the record or anything. It was on the record and it was out there. And, and then after it came out, he was like, oh, you know, I, I don't want that out there. Can you, you know. Put the Take toothpaste that, you know, back in the tube. How does that, that put that toothpaste back in the tube for me? Can you hit undo? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On the internet. <laughs> but it was too late. And um, and so um, I mean I might have changed a few things or softened a few things, or I I don't know. But for the most part, it was out there and there's nothing you can do about it at that point. And um, and so the Browns really held that against Colt McCoy. I mean, they held that against Colt McCoy at that time. It was Mike Holmgren. I mean, he chewed me out for that so bad. I Holmgren mean, like, did? Oh, yeah. That's like the only thing he did then. I mean, because he didn't do much as a GM. <laughs> oh, wow. The only thing he did in Cleveland was chew you out. Mary Kay, was that a phone call? Was that like in the no. locker room? No, that was no, no that was a, that was like a hallway getting screamed at. That was just like, we are oh, going to. Yeah. And he, I mean, I it was just bad. picture that in his Tommy Bahama shirt. It was yeah, and, and like I'm I'm not a large individual and he is, and it was just yeah. like wow, like this is not good. Over Colt McCoy. Over I Colt. just picture him in a golf cart, like driving by you, just like yelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was um so anyways, so Colt, did Colt hold it against you for that entire thing? No, no, he was no. a very cool guy. He did not, absolutely did not. So Colt, was it that year? Well, anyways, he did these camp Colts down in, in Austin, Texas. You might remember those. Yep. And he invited me to come down and cover one of the camp Colts. And he spent all this money and he got, you know, he's, he paid for all these young guys to come down to camp Colt. And he, he invited me to come down so that I could, you know, be a part of that and watch it and interview guys and stuff like that. And that was really cool. Um, and so I believed that he deserved a chance to try to be the quarterback. I didn't think they should hold, his dad's words against him. Okay. And it was very evident. And that was Pat Shermer during those years too. And it was evident that I believed that Colt should ha still have a chance. Well, he didn't get a chance. They gave the chance to Brandon Whedon. Mm -hmm. Well, Brandon Whedon did not like the fact that, I mean, it was just that I was in support of Colt getting that chance. I, I, I mean, I could go back and look at everything I've ever written about Brandon Whedon. 
I don't ever remember writing anything bad about Brandon Wheaton. What I do remember is being in support of Colt still getting a chance and the Browns not holding his father's words against him. And I don't think Brandon liked that. I never wrote anything bad about Brandon. So that's Brandon. I was a Colt guy and he didn't like that. He didn't like that. Um, okay. So that's Brandon. Derek Eric Anderson. I don't remember ever. I mean, once again, I don't usually write bad things about a player. And I wasn't even like, now I do a lot of analysis and a lot of columns and a lot of opinion. And back then I was just writing a story. I mean, if Derek Anderson says, Oh, we're going to go out and beat the Steelers. I'm just writing. Derek Anderson says, we're going to write beat the Steelers. So I don't know. It wasn't like Derek Anderson sucks and he shouldn't be starting. like, I wasn't writing columns back then. So I have no idea what his problem was. Uh, I don't remember ever writing anything bad about Derek Anderson. Um, but I do know that Derek and Brandon and a lot of these quarterbacks landed in Cleveland at the height of dysfunction yep. of the Cleveland Browns. Right. And it's probably a little bit easier to perhaps blame that on the media than it is to say, well, maybe I just wasn't good enough. Or, I mean, his contract got terminated and he went off after that. I mean, do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. You remember Derek Anderson saying the Browns fans, Browns fans don't deserve a winner and I can't wait to roll them when I come back. Yeah, because that never really happened. <laughs> never okay, really so, happened. Did I mean, not he, crystallize. So he said that and then he had to come out and apologize yeah. uh, for that at the uh, urging of the club, shall we say. So, um, you know, so, you know, was that, it was it my fault that he, he got terminated? I'm like, okay. How about Deshaun Kaiser? Deshaun Kaiser. That one was puzzling. And he, all he said was preach and he was backing up Brandon. Yeah. Brand, backing up Brandon. Yeah. Well, anyways. The quarterback club all against you. Jeez. A, yeah. a star studded lineup too. What <laughs> I had. Sorry. Yeah, well, sorry. Go ahead, Mary. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, back, back when Tim Couch was um, the quarterback, I mean, and t- Tim would be the first to tell you this. Like, I really tried to give Tim every opportunity in the media possible to get people on his side, yeah. uh, to make sure that people understood what he was going through. Just like I've tried to do with Baker. Like, look what Baker's going through. Everyone. Like, I've really tried to do that this season, and I tried to do that with Tim Couch. He was on a stupid, horrible, awful expansion team trying to out there you know be out there getting his butt kicked and it was bad and i so i was very much uh in support and always trying to help him and he knows that he would come on here today and tell you the same thing uh same thing with colt mccoy why would colt mccoy invite me down to austin to cover a camp colt if you know what i mean (laughs) like those kinds of things just don't happen um unless you have good relationships with people and um, so Colt would come on here and tell you the same thing. Trent Dilfer would come on here and tell you. I mean, I sat with Trent Dilfer when he he came to Cleveland and did the story one year after his young son died. It was just heartbreaking. And, you know, I always try to tell these guys stories because guess what? I care about their stories. Like I said before, I care about them as people. I care about their stories. And I do try to tell their stories as often as I can. That's why Greedy Williams, when it came time for Greedy Williams, you know, like he totally opened up to me about how he went into a depression and how hard it was for him to be out of football for that whole year and how he didn't know if he was ever going to play again. And he really, you know, he appreciated that. And when Kareem Hunt was out of football uh, for a year and came back, um, you know, I, I had a, a wonderful one-on-one interview with him where he opened up about how hard that was. And he, you know, 
just how he never thought uh, he might ever make it back onto the football field. And those are the kinds of stories that I really like to tell because I think it gets the fans behind the players. And I like to do that because they deserve that. I mean, they're out there working their asses off. Uh, so I have so many more of those guys than I do. A, oh, Deshaun Kaiser. You so we're, yeah, we were originally talking about Deshaun Kaiser. Okay, let me give you Deshaun. Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser. So Deshaun shows up on the doorstep. And I did a takeout on Deshaun where I talked to his high school coaches. I talked to some college coaches. I talked to his his dad, who was like one of the coolest guys that you could ever want to talk to. And I talked to Deshaun. And the focus of the story was how, uh, you know, he's um, I, his his mom is white. His, his dad is black and how he had to straddle two worlds. And he was, you know, and, and the challenges of growing up, uh, you know, and, and trying to be. Uh, different things to different people and and how difficult that was. So I wrote that takeout and then I covered Deshaun in a, you know, as positive way as you can when you're going 0 and 16 or 1 and 15 or whichever one he was. Uh, and <laughs> so, you know, so why, why the animosity now? I don't know. I would never have any idea because I had a really nice relationship with Deshaun when he was here. And that story, which, um, you know, you can, you can Google it. It's out there. Yeah. I don't even think it's behind the paywall. Um, but you know, that, that story is out there. Just me telling Deshaun's story, which once again, I like to yeah. do. I sat down with Jamie Collins once Jamie Collins has never opened up to anybody. Never. The writers in new England were like, how the hell did you get that story? And I don't know, because I think that players sense that I do care about their stories and I do care about them as people and that I'm going to handle their story with care. And Jamie Collins opened up to me about how he, his parents both died when he was like really, really young. And he was raised by his sister. And when he had to figure out how to be a man and how a dad talks to a son, he had to overhear like people in a convenience store, like a son, a dad talking to his son. And that's how he knew that worked. And just, you know, really, really cool stuff. Um, So there's so much more of that. Um, And I don't know why, Deshaun Kaiser would come out and say, preach like that. When, like I said, I tried to, um, I tried to tell people, show people what he was all about and, and kind of get them on the Deshaun bus, you know, get them rallying for him. And um, so I don't know why, I don't know why he did that. I mean, I, I would like to know, I would like to know why did, why did he say that? Why would he do that? I don't, I don't think he was raised that way. I know his father uh, would not have wanted him to do something like that. I can pretty much guarantee it. Um, and if I had to write that he was losing during those, well, he was. I mean, what can you what can you say during Owen 16? Oh, Mary Kay, it's your fault. It's your fault that Deshaun Kaiser went Owen 16, Mary Kay. Come on. I guess. But anyway, so, you know, there's so many more. Uh, but here's the thing. I will tell you this. Those other guys, you know, my, you know, the Colts and the Tim Couches and the Bernie Kozars and the, um, you know, all those other Brady Quinn and uh, all those guys that I still have really, really, really good relationships with. They don't go on Twitter and they're not going to go on Twitter and say, oh, she's great. I mean, (laughs) nobody does it. Twitter isn't a place for compliments, shall we say? Twitter isn't the place to express your gratitude for people and your joy over things. You say Twitter's negative. Twitter's a place to get your hate on. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, So, and plenty of that. The Browns have given us plenty of reason to do that over the years too. Yeah. And you know what? So, I mean, 
look, if Johnny's floating around on a swan, I have to write that Johnny's <laughs> floating around on a swan. I mean, like, what can I do, right? If Johnny's, you know, in the bathroom doing something that he's not supposed to be doing, then, you know, I, I might have to write about, you know, Johnny's doing some things he, he shouldn't <sighs> be doing right now. If Josh Gordon is out, you know, doing things he shouldn't be doing, you know. The good I mean, old, it was just a lot of good old days at the Cleveland Browns. God, these it, memories yeah. <laughs> coming back I mean, for all this fun. And last year, when um, you know when Baker was throwing twenty touchdowns against one yeah. interception down the stretch, I mean, you know, you write all about that. You write all about the great things. I've called Lincoln Riley. Write great things from Lincoln Riley. I've called Drew Stanton, and I've written amazing positive stories. Drew Stanton talking about Baker Mayfield, and I get Case Keenum on the phone, and I write Case Keenum saying amazing things about Baker Mayfield. And Baker one, doesn't read any of that. Then you put it behind a paywall, so then <laughs> Baker Baker doesn't make enough money so that he right. can go behind the paywall those, to find out. Right? Those things weren't even behind the paywall yet. I mean, those things were just and still are out there. Still are out there, and that's the and that's why I think that. You know, I don't know that people read actually read the stuff no. anymore. I, I think I think people just read the tweet or the headline. Right. 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 I mean, that's what they're looking for. Yeah. The no, tweet, nobody's reading. Nobody's sitting there and just dutifully reading the column and you know all the numbers and the statistics. Nobody's doing that. People are either reading the tweet or they are reading the aggregation. Yeah. And right. somebody else's interpretation of what you wrote. And that's fine. That's fine. Because I will tell you what, you don't get to last 30 years without having thick skin and without being tough. I mean, I stood up to Bill Belichick for five years. I covered Bill Belichick. Okay. That was my first assignment on co in covering the Browns was to cover Bill Belichick for five years. Tell us a good Bill Belichick story. I, I, I know you're running late here and I appreciate all your time, but you got to tell us at least one good Bill Belichick story. Well, Bill Belichick used to let me, um, let me watch film with him and Casey Coleman on, on Monday. So he would let me sit in, um, sit in his office with him and Casey Coleman and go over the game film from the day before. And, um, and he, Bill Belichick was another one that I tried to show people that he has a human side. I talked to his wife. I did stories about, you know, what kind of, family man he was and, and, and that whole sort of thing. Uh, but he let me do that. And then one time he allowed me to go on one of those draft visits where you just, you go get on the private jet and you go on a draft visit. So it was me and Casey Coleman and Mike Lombardi. And he let me board the little team jet and go to New Jersey and, uh, and do this draft visit with those guys. And, uh, and, you know, you know, we landed in New Jersey and we got in, in Bel Belichick at, you know, I don't know, if he had a rental car or whatever, like he went and got a haircut. He was listening to all his head banging music in the car really loud. I mean, it was like, it was bizarre, but I mean, it was just a cool experience. I got to see a, a different side of him because he kind of, you know, pulled back the curtain a little bit and tried to let me see uh, what kind of person he was. And I, you know, I, you know, we had, we had some pretty knockdown drag out conversations. If he didn't like something that I wrote occasionally, I would get a phone call at, seven o'clock in the morning with him yelling at me. He would call me on the phone and yell at me. And, um, and so, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, just funny memories of, of some of those years because it was, uh, you know, it was, it was challenging to, uh, to cover him, but he was a first time head coach. I was a first time uh, beat writer and, you know, you had, to, you had to get tough quick. I mean, you just had to get tough really, really super quick. So, um, so yeah, so I don't, 
Um, I mean, again, in the world of Twitter, um, I allow those, you know, I allow there to be comments on my stories because I want people to have an opportunity uh, to engage and, and to comment. Well, I think that's important, to be honest with you. I think that's important. That that engagement, that conversation back and forth is really important in the social media atmosphere, in Twitter. I know it can be rough at times, but I think that's really important for the media, you know, as it was before, to transition into what the new media is. So I, I think it does serve you well to do that um, and continue to do that. And, you know, the people who don't do that, I think that they kind of fall off to the side. And that's why I was kind of probing you earlier about, blocking so many people. I think that there is value in, you know, just ignoring a lot and not blocking as much, but, you know, everybody's going to handle things, you know, whatever way that they want to in this, this new media, but uh, that conversation is, is ongoing, you know? Yes. And you know what? And I understand what you're saying and, and I, I do get that. Um, but so, sometimes back in the day, it was as simple as I don't want my, I don't want my kids to see this. And, and I think that, no, I get that. You know what I mean? Like some of it was. <laughs> My kids yeah. are going to be pretty used to it by now. After having that whole parade, you know, yeah. back in the day, I, I certainly saw the ugly side and everything else myself. So, I, I mean, you don't I've been call, down you don't get called the C word, do you? Did you ever get called the no, C word? No, but I did have, I, I did seriously have somebody threaten my family. I know. Uh, you know, and I've had death threats and things that, and that's, that was one of the things And Baker brought that up. And I kind of got a little upset at that. Like it, it makes our fans look bad at a certain, at a certain level where you're like, Hey, I get death threats. Well, if you have any kind of, you know, standing right. in the community or whatever else, you're going to get something like that. And 99% of them are absolutely nothing. The 1% is obviously a big problem, but um, you know, there is a certain, level where you've got to, you got to be able to put up with some of this stuff. And, and I'm, I'm with you. You're not, you don't want to, you know, I don't think it's fair that you're called the C world word every day. And I don't think that that's something that, uh, you know, that needs to be happening in 2022 or hell anytime. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's important to have that conversation and keep it going. And if you don't want to, you want it to be kind of a one way thing, which I don't think you want it to be. Um, then it's one thing, but if you have a two way and a really rich dialogue with folks, I think that's what Twitter really opens up the world for, especially for. Yeah. And, and know, I enjoy, I enjoy that. I mean, yeah. I can debate someone and like I, this whole season, I don't think I've ever, you know, written like even in that column, that wasn't Baker sucks and he should never play for the Cleveland Browns again. It was like Baker. Needs uh, we to need to it. get that soundbite. Somebody get that soundbite. There's, there's our clickbait right there. <laughs> um, so it wasn't anything like that. And I haven't written anything like that about him this season. If I do write something about questioning whether or not he is the quarterback of the future, I support it with numbers and, you know, statistics and a lot of analysis, a lot of thorough, uh, you know, deep uh, analysis on, on things. Um, so, you know, I don't mind having a healthy debate. I can, I can do that. And I, I like doing that. It, the blockers, the, the blockers are the ones that are like, um, when are you going to retire? Well, if you want me to retire, then you really don't need to see what I'm. Oh, treating. just ignore those people. You could just ignore. Oh, I know. Them. No, I'm just, just saying. Or you don't no, have to block them. You just no, ignore just a, those people. You know, I get trolls all the time. You know, garden variety trolls. Just put them off to the side. No, that, that that's fine. I'm I'm just saying that. Um, you know, at some point, it's um, it's it's not about. I guess it's more about saying, well, if, if you don't, if you don't want the information, you're like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to stand out there uh, at practice and. I know, 
I know freezing it, cold. It, it, then it hurts the ego a little bit, but you know, I'll forget about those folks. No, it's not even that it hurts the ego a little bit as much as it is. And 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 you and I have had this conversation before. Yeah, like you can't complain about the free food. I mean, it's like free information. Like I'm giving you, it's providing a service, and now people are paying us for that service, and they're paying. You know, it's not not Baker though. He's not going behind the no, paywall. Not Baker, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like it's like, yeah. yeah, you you want all of this, like because I still do break news, and you guys can attest to that. I mean, you know that that is a lost art amongst a lot of local beat writers anymore because it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to do it. Why? Because I mean, they give everything, not everything, but they give. Well, they pretty much give they give everything to the, the uh you know the guys that have, that have the television contract so you're so you know the shefters and the rapaports i mean like we're competing against the league for information right i mean i've yeah. had situations where i found out a quarterback was signing with the browns and i called his agent and i said hey i i got a tip that he's on his way to cleveland and he's signing and he was like oh let me uh let me get back to you in a couple of minutes i hung up the phone and a national person tweeted it within seconds because he's not allowed to give that to me. He's, right. he, they, so, and I'm not complaining about that. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying that I still work really, really, really hard to try to break news and have that millisecond, have it for a, the millisecond that you have it. And I don't know why it's just because I'm old school and that's how I was, you know, that's how I was trained. I was trained to do that. And I still, like to try to do that. So, you know, there's part of me that's just like, well, okay, if you're going to, if you're going to call me a name, then why do you get to see my break? Why should you get to see my breaking news? And I don't block everybody. It's the abuse. It, it's abuse yep. gets blocked. Abuse. Well, gets yeah. And, and you can't put up with that. I, I get abuse gets blocked. That's so, it. So, so last question for you, and then I'll really get you out of here. Do you think this whole Baker Mayfield thing is going to work out in Cleveland? I think it can. I think it can. And I, and I hope for, for everybody's sake that it, that it does. Who wants to start all over again? Right. I think that it can. And I hope that it can for him and for, for everyone else. Everyone needed like to get away from this and to, to start fresh, but it's only going to work if everybody's really committed to making it work, uh, in, in ways that, that are conducive to bringing out his strengths and then they really need to, they need two or three really good receivers. For whatever reason, I don't see any chemistry between Austin Hooper and Baker Mayfield. And I don't know how you're going to fix that when Baker can't throw the ball until the end of April. It's not like they can go having some one-on-one time together over the next few months, but so something's he's gone. You think, you think Austin? Hooper's no, I, I don't, I don't know that he's gone. I think they're going to, they'll probably keep trying to make it work. Yeah, and he's gonna stop falling over. Yeah, <laughs> for the sake of everybody, it's kind of an issue. Yeah, I mean, you look at the tight ends in the NFL right now and the impact that they are making yeah. in these football yeah. games. The Mark Andrews and the Travis Kelseys and the Rob Gronkowski's. It's such an important position, and I think that for whatever reason, Baker and Austin Hooper they need to they need to make more of an impact together. And I think that's been one of the biggest disappointments over the last couple of years. So that's got to get better. Uh, I'm, I think they've got to find a right tackle perhaps to, to replace Jack Conklin in case he can't come in back until October, November, December from a torn patella. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe he'll be back sooner, but 
things exactly. have got to get yeah. around around Baker. Well, we've got a whole off season to talk about it. It <laughs> might be another longest off season of all time, but we're getting kind of used to that. Mary Kay, we greatly appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Sure. Thanks for having me. Mary Kay, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was fun. All right. Mary Kay Cabot, everybody. Round of applause. I turned my phone down. Round of applause on there. Come on. There we go. Good stuff. All right. We have had our billionaire contestant on the air watching how the long show. has he been waiting yeah that was i amazing. know this he's guy deserves some hints man 48 minutes oh wow he's gonna all get right. some clues all right let's all do right. it it is time for who wants to be a billionaire to be a beer and air try to give away some free labat blue lights and a gv art shirt this week we welcome in king charles to who wants to be a billionaire charles how we doing man and thank you for hanging around <laughs> uh i'm doing great guys thanks for uh having me on tonight um man i felt like that was just uh just a really cool interview um mkc definitely had a lot to say and um she really got it all out and i got chris i gotta thank you man i think you just there's something about you man that just really let a lot of stuff out for her and um me i think uh i think that was a really oh yeah oh yeah i think i think it's just you know your, your guys's history and everything uh um, oh, yeah. yeah yeah i think chris you are the leader of the, the history I am the she leader. Of really the opened up. I, I expect a call probably tomorrow. What is that call? The Colonel? What are <laughs> Charles, you when you're a leader? Charles was DMing me like while he's waiting. I'm like, hey man, sorry. Uh, <laughs> going a little longer than we thought. Charles is like, this is history. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Well, well, she goes That's into like insane. Bill Belichick. I'm not going to not take that bait. You know, I've got to sure. hear about Belichick every time. There are certain guys who I just cannot get enough of, and he's one of those guys. So. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And I'm glad you appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah, I mean the Belichick stuff was so cool. Like he was headbanging to, to music. Like I that's not something <laughs> not used I to that, ever, right? You always hear those stories. So that he's actually got a personality on the back. It's those cutoff yeah. sleeves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we we've gone this whole show without getting to talk Cavs, and they're by far and away the best team in Cleveland right yes. now. So we're oh doing gosh. some billionaire giveaways hopefully Cavs trivia charles how, how big of a Cavs fan are you you're pretty confident with this i mean i'm, I'm a pretty big Cavs fan um my knowledge on the older Cavs isn't that great um so oh, I, I was I just I'm, a, I'm a 90s baby so i i mean my knowledge <laughs> is really you know lebron to present um but i might i might be surprised i might know know a couple things just from hearing other people talk 
I, I'm going right, to call him. He's going to get. He's going to get all of these. I, I, oh, I like. Yeah. I feel he's confident on this. In one. the bag. Okay. In the bag. Okay. All right, let's kick no it off. Pressure. Question one for cash for a six pack of Labatt. Here we go. This okay. off season, current day. The Cavs sent Larry Nance Jr. to Portland in a three-team trade. Which current starter did the Cavs receive from Chicago in that deal? Oh, uh, wow. He has been super clutch as of late. Um, Just really seems to make shots in the second half and can do a little bit of everything. Got to give props for Kobe Altman getting this guy, Lori Markinen. Woohoo! Well yeah. done, nice sir. Lead nice lead up there. Heck yeah, yeah, you got the you got the analysis before I'm, the answer. How often do we get he that? He is he is one of those players. I just I don't even know like what type of player is he? Is some he makes so many great plays and then he makes kind of some questionable plays too. I like, was gonna um, say every time awesome. I start to give him any kind of props when I'm watching yeah. a game, he'll do something that's just boneheaded. He's, like, he's a super league. super athletic Danielle Marshall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he even did something in today's game too, where it was uh, he, he kind of had an over and back violation that was just yeah, like, man, really. And then he, and then like later on, he just drains like a clutch three with a guy in his face. Like, yeah, no problem. But... <laughs> All right, Charles, love, you got a six Lord pack. Markman. Heck yeah! Right. Would you like to move on for a twelve pack? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna need some more beer than that. So oh, he's let's got keep going. That's, yeah. that's right. All right. Question number two for cash for a 12 pack of Labatt. Darius Garland is shooting 91.8 percent on free throws this season, which I think is what second in the league or something. I think I saw that on the telecast. Only one Cavalier has ever made a higher percentage in a season. Who is it? You get this wrong, you're gonna get run. Oh, uh, okay. Only guy to have a higher free throw percentage than Darius Garland's 91.8. He would go on like ungodly runs where he would just not miss. I mean, yeah, friend I of the mean, show. Friend of show. Friend of show. Friend of the show. Oh, geez. Um, I might show. throw you off because you're like, okay, it's got to be a crappy player now. <laughs> well, okay, okay. So with, Mac Wilson, with that huh? psychology. Then it's then it's oh. a star of the. Uh, um, is it Kyrie? No, 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 no. Think right, so, older. Think so older. So you, you, you get a hint, and you also have a lifeline where you can use, where you can call someone on speakerphone, or we can call them, which we didn't know, but we, yeah, we can call them for you um, okay. and read the question to them. But here, here's your one hint. Yeah. Since you waited 48 minutes. He made a great <laughs> NBA jam duo with Brad Doherty. Oh, uh, NBA Jam is also friend of show. Yes, <laughs> the Boom voice shakalaka. of NBA Jam in the show. That's right. Boom shakalaka. He's awesome. Free on well, fire. Okay. So, during oh, that era, the Brad Doherty era. I mean, is it is it Price? Hey now, there it is. You got yeah. it. Yeah, I cannot go. believe it took you that Woo. long to come up with one more price. <laughs> Sweat that one out. Here. That was wow. That's not, that's not my era, man. I'm not. I didn't get to yeah. watch those. Which, guys, which logo so. do you have? What do you got on the shirt there? Oh, this is, is uh, ironically, yeah. This is kind of the uh, the throwback. That was the old. Um, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Tale of the there I have absolutely, you know, no idea about, but I thought the, uh, I think the aesthetic <laughs> is just really cool. Uh, I got I to give my girlfriend a shout out. This is actually one of her comfy sweaters. Uh, and nice. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wear this. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Great color scheme. Yeah. All right. A little bit of a hurdle there. I think you should keep going though. What do you think? For a, you're, you've got 12 pack. I, Would you like to move on <laughs> for a case or did that, did that shock you? Wow. Oh, wow. Question I mean, that really, that really got me, but uh, let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah give it to him. Waited all this time. We're not slowing down now. For cash for a 24 pack of Labatt, the Cavs played Kyrie in the Brooklyn Nets today. In 2017, Cleveland traded Kyrie Irving to Boston. For Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizic, and a 2018 first-round pick, who did the Cleveland Cavaliers draft with that first-round pick? Oh, 2018 first-round pick. Um, Side note, Isaiah Thomas, remember when he said to back up the Brinks truck? (laughs) Yeah! Wow! That uh, yikes! Yeah, that didn't that didn't pay up. But you know what? It didn't really it didn't really work out for anyone. So, and we were kind of forced to trade Kyrie. So, not you know, it's it's okay. Um, man, twenty eight first round pick. I mean, that's got to be Colin Sexton, right? Ding ding ding! Well done, sir. Well Let's done. Let's go! Let's go! All right, you've got a case of Labatt Blue Lights. Final question, 24-pack and the GV art shirt, so you stop stealing your girlfriend's sweatshirts. Yes, Are you thank ready? you. Yes, yes. <laughs> right, we're, we're moving on. Here it is. The Cavs faced the Thunder this Saturday. In 2015, Cleveland sent Dion Waiters to OKC in a three-team trade. The Cavs received two key pieces of their championship team from the Knicks. In that deal, who were those two players? Okay, okay. So, two. One of them, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite Cavaliers of all time, the Henny God himself, J.R. Smith. Heck yeah! And then um, Iman Shumpert. Yes, we have a winner. Yeah, three in a row, boys. Three in a row. Woo! Oh, undefeated. Twenty twenty two. I didn't want to be the one to to break break the break the streak. I, I don't you want know, to be that guy. Yeah. So. Now the pressure's building every week too. So w- way to set the stage for the next guy. Heck yeah, oh, Charles! My nicely gosh. done, man. How how badly were you sweating during that Mark Price question? Oh my goodness, I was. I'm not gonna. Lie. I was reading up on a little bit of '90s Cavs um, prior to this because I know my knowledge for it was just so bad. And um, yeah, never read anything about the free throws. Like I had, I had no idea he's a good free throw shooter. I just know he's he up insane. in the rafters, and he's a, he he was a very good guard for us. Um, so I, I just that was my it was a it was my hypothesis. So. <laughs> Dave, it worked out. We're getting old. didn't sweat so much, but man, that (laughs) one was that one was. You should have saved it for last, honestly. We're having people come on the show that said they didn't know that Mark Price was good at free throws. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. We're too old, man. We're too old. (laughs) I'm just glad they're good again, Charles. Amazing. Good job, though. Way to go. Getting all four of them like that. 
getting the GVR shirt, getting the beer. That's impressive. So well done. Way to keep the streak alive, my friend. Yep. And as every winner gets to do, what are, what are your thoughts on the Cavs in kind of an unexpected season that we've had so far? Man, the Cavs, uh, they're, they're playing so good right now. Um, I got to say, the only team in the East I think that can compete with the Cavs right now is the Bucks, And it's only because they have a freak of their own in Giannis. And outside of that, none of these guys can match up with us. We are way too strong defensively. And when we're even on bad shooting nights, we still win. Um, this is a... This is not just a fun and great Cavs team. This is a special and elite. This is the super super duper fun. Put another level. This is a special and elite Cavs team. I have not been so excited for a Cavs team since 2016. I mean, honestly, this is this is just really really cool stuff that we're watching. And I think the way what we have, we have three seven footers in the starting lineup. I mean, we're changing basketball right now. Um, so very excited and uh, definitely can't wait for the playoffs this year. Heck yeah, man. And now you got some beer and a new shirt to go with it. Congratulations. Thanks for joining Thanks, the show. Charles. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks for having me on guys and uh, wish you all the best. Good job, man. All right. Charles. Good stuff. <laughs> Woo. All right. I don't know how radio guys do it, man. Like, I feel like we've been on the air for like four hours, but it's it really has only been an hour and a half. It's true. Are we going to do headlines? What do you think? Let's do headlines. Let's do headlines. <laughs> All right. Cleveland headlines brought. You buy TSE Cleveland. Ooh, Austin Hooper. We got to update that one. Uh, new giveaways every week, including this week's giveaway. Um, but out there for a second. TSEcleveland.com. Go check them out. Go get some signed Cleveland sports memorabilia. All right. So we're giving away an Eric Metcalf autographed mini helmet here. The winner of that, and by the way, if you'd like to go ahead and win each week, give us a follow on Twitter, the Big Play Reflog handle, and go subscribe to the YouTube page for your chance to win. Drum roll! The winner of the Eric Metcalf mini helmet. Michael Hooper at MH Brown 82. Congratulations. Austin Hooper's brother. <laughs> yeah, go get a signed Austin Hooper jersey after uh, you get that giveaway. Well, well done, sir. Well done. Go put that on the mantle in the living room. Good stuff. All right, we talked a little Cavs with Charles during that trivia. Um, we we're almost a one seed, Nick. Yeah. We were talking about this before we went live. We have as many wins as anybody in the East. How are we getting this done? Uh, three words, Dave, I would say smart, oh, yeah. tough, accountable. Sound familiar? It's everything that I see with this Cavs team right now, though. They're, you know, just playing really sound team basketball. Have you guys ever heard Austin Carr this excited, to, you know, in the last 
even five years in LeBron's last year to call these games with the sound ball movement and they find the open man. Every time Austin Carr says they found the open man and Angel gets its wings. Like the the, the game just moves so flawlessly with these guys yeah. and defensively they're so sound. It's like uh like Charles just said, it's hard to poke a hole in anything that they're doing right now because any lineup that JB Bakerstaff puts out there is finding a way to work and they're finding ways to win these ball games after you know, let's be real with each other. Everybody ripped them off, wrote them off when the Colin Sexton went down. Nick, and how much again, kind of when Ricky Rubio went right. down, people were yes. like, oh, and then we bring in Rajon Rondo, and he hasn't played really. I mean, he's played in yeah. one, one game, right? <laughs> he hasn't played. We're still just keep on trucking. So, like, man, oh man, this thing is for real. I think I when was it for you guys that you learned it was like for real, for real? And obviously, it's still Today so early in the season. I think for me, it was actually against Oklahoma City, where it was the second night of a back-to-back, long road trip, down 18 in the third quarter, storm back, win that game, and then today to co- yeah. to come back in your first yeah. game at 3.30 in the middle of the day after a long trip. You know, you finally got to sleep in your own bed last night. And, and to go wire to wire with one of the top teams in the East, we got something special going here. It's no longer fun. It's special. This team almost doesn't know that they don't have to win these games. Like in the NBA, like you're expected to lose some of these games. Like I expected them that Oklahoma City uh, game when they were down. I was like, you know, I put it on in the second half just because there was nothing else on. And just to see them storm back that way. And it's like most every other NBA team, just once they're down like that, they're just like, okay, fine. Put in the bench. We're going to lose this game. That's all right. We'll get set and get ready for the next one. But these guys, they just, they just keep doing it. And it's just fantastic. Well, this is exactly like how we wanted to build a team post LeBron. Like you looked at Oklahoma city, like that was the model to build a team. You draft well, and you, you pick up a, you know, it didn't work there, but Jared Allen had an interesting quote kind of along those lines. He said, we're all in this, we're all the same age. We're all young. We're literally all growing together, finding our way inside of the league. I, I didn't know how much that would mean to me until I was around this cer- certain group of guys. I think there's a lot to that. They're, they're all the same age. There is no, you know, star that came in here. They're they're all trying to become those that star together, and I think that is exactly what we've been looking for. And they're they're actually putting it together, which in Cleveland is a very tough thing to do. Yep, and now now you have to take that next step, just like the Browns. You know, we oh, don't say that. Yeah. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. I mean, because now expectations yeah. are going to start. Yeah, and they're going to start yeah. creeping in as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. You're going to get some level of expectation. I don't know for this year how how high it's going to get. Give a year. I, I think so too. I yeah. think so too. But we saw what it was with the Browns. We came in with expectations this year after success only in one year. So, and how about this, Chris? It's very similar to the Browns. Now people are saying, well, should the Cavs make you know a, a small to medium to blockbuster trade? You know, you bring in a guy like Karis Levert. That's a name that's been floated around. Okay, well, and what a name it is. <laughs> well, now, like, the expectations are higher. Karis LeVert has been a really solid young player on this team that should fit. So now your expectations go up a whole nother new level. So, I, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. Expectations are higher. I also. Bingo. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or you trade a, a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers for a guy that, quite frankly, you had no idea if he wanted to be here or not. There you go. I'm going to call a penalty on myself, though. May that be the oh, last yeah. time we compare the Cavs to the Browns? Yes, yes please. please. Yeah. All right. 
moving along. That's right. <laughs> uh, Bill Simmons. We haven't talked about Bill Simmons. Oh, God. Story. Why do we have to bring another? Oh, you're going to like it, Chris. You're, no, no, no. You're going to like well, it. This, is, this really? was interesting. Exception. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought this was a contender for best tweet. So he just says the Cavs, exclamation point after exclamation point, 27 and 18, most consistently entertaining league pass team from a basketball nerd standpoint, at least for me. Great chemistry, unconventional lineups, likable young stars. I'm voting two Cavs All-Stars, just letting you know now. It, it is kind of cool. Thanks for telling us something that we knew for two months now. Right? <laughs> you see the national guys starting to uh, pick up on what this team is doing. It's a good It's a good feeling. Now the national guys are saying this team is fun. It used to just be local. Now it's right. everyone else. Yeah, we'll get, them, get the meter to them. Uh, well, man – Soon there will be potentially a guy in Los Angeles right now that's not doing a lot of winning. And boy, is he a national guy and a national brand that I'm sure I'm just waiting for the other All shoe another to drop. penalty. Once again, I'm do not bring up that certain guy to draw. Let's We're, just let's pull up a Paul Doyle, Dolan and let's just enjoy this team now. That's right. I'm, I'm telling you, the chatter will be there. The chatter will come. If you Moving build it, if right you away. build it, he will come. <laughs> <laughs> and we built it. Oh. Uh, Chris, get get going on the uh, Field of Dreams photoshops for a year or two from now. Can't wait. <laughs> Our buddy Joe Thomas, going back to the Browns the best NFL playoffs. He's a Steelers. Congratulations on your playoff participation trophy. Took some flack from some former Steelers. Uh, he was battling all night with Steelers fans on the internet. But I was watching these games, watching the Steelers, and then I was watching, um, God, who was it? Oh, the Eagles. And I'm like, yeah. Would you rather be the Browns or would you rather be someone like the Eagles or the Steelers and just get decimated in the first round and make well, the play? Hindsight's twenty twenty. I'd rather be the Browns, get a better draft pick, don't sure. have to go through that embarrassment, blah, 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 blah. But having said that, you know, a week ago, we all would have killed to be in the playoffs. Yeah, no. that's very true. Very true. Yeah. Hindsight's 20. So who are we rooting for in the playoffs? No one. For them no. to be over. Let's wow. Let's Super Bowl. Let's just really, I love the NFL playoffs. Chris wants the draft chime. Let's go draft. draft 24-7. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. Who do we like? Garrett Wilson, eh? Chris Olafe? I don't know. Yeah, yes. Let's wait till April. Go Bills. Yeah? Really? Buffalo. Yeah, why not? Buffalo. I'll say this. I, and Buffalo. Nick, and I playing, love their fans. They're playing Man, the Chiefs. Watching Josh Allen play this weekend, I, I felt my heart just it just slowly God, start God. to hell, yeah. Boy, it's like you look around this AFC, right? And we, we know it good and well here in the AFC North now with Joe Burrow and his arrival. Right. And then you got Justin Herbert and the things that he's capable of and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Right. This is quickly become a, a new era of quarterback in the AFC North. And similar to many things in life that there, there are the Browns just, just trying to find their way. Is it Baker? Is it Kirk cousins? Is it Jimmy G? Just Nick, like, this Nick, Nick, you know, yeah. You know what Phil Savage said? <laughs> what did Phil Savage say? Buffalo. Go root for Buffalo. I have the Packers. Remember that? I'm, rooting, I'm rooting for the Packers. You guys don't remember that? 
when Phil Savage. Oh, like, I remember that. Email. You know, yeah. I did think when GV was teasing like the shirts, go root I, for Buffalo. I thought he was. I thought the shirt was going to say "Go root for Buffalo." Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm pulling for the Packers for sure. Oh gosh. Ugh. All right, Moving Aaron Rodgers, bad toe. Yeah, I hate Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I just do not like that guy. <clears throat> Chris, come on. He's Don't funky. say that. He likes he's, Alex Van Pelt. Man, he's going to be got, the next Browns quarterback, isn't he? We Aaron got insurance companies in town that would be willing to give him the, the Patrick Price or the Rodgers rate. Oh, God. All right. Come on, man. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. At home with Aaron Rodgers <laughs> in the AFC championship game with Aaron Rodgers in the dog pound. Oh, it's going to be a long offseason. I could see Aaron Rodgers jumping in that dog pound, bargaining with the fans. He's a All right. What else do we have in news, Dave? <laughs> What'd you say? What else do we have in news? Nothing. Headlines. Absolutely nothing. It is time for Best Worst Tweets. All right, what should we start with here? Let's. Oh, I like the best. I like option two for the best tweet. Well, let's yes. take option one. Uh, actually, both of them are very me centric, so I appreciate yes. that. Uh, you're so the well. first one is Sam Amico. Taco Fall returns to the Cleveland Charge of the G League. That was a big moment for me and my family. We kind of covered it last week, but love to see that. Love to see him coming back because my kids' jerseys are now relevant again. I'm coming and, home. Yeah. Coming home. Welcome back, Taco. Uh oh. Number two, ice tea. Yes, folks, that ice tea. I sent him. He had already. He'd sent out one of those pictures of his dashboard. You know, with the temperature that <laughs> just drive me nuts. Today, of course, we had all of the snow pictures. Then it was the dashboard, and I did my Doctor Rick from the Progressive commercials. We don't need pictures of your dashboard. We know it's cold. It's January. No one cares. Ice tea. Ice tea went a little hot on this one and took exception and said, Looks like you went to a lot of trouble to get noticed, d- dumb fuck. Congratulations. Oh God. Congratulations. Um, so he came really now, hot. Did you get the follow? Did you get the army of refloggers on ice tea? I actually kind of did, you know, because he had a few people who came after me. But there were a lot of people saying, whoa, Ice, whoa, Ice, he's cool. He's cool. (laughs) (laughs) You should have Mary Kay call him. That's exactly right. They can work it out there. Fantastic. But, yeah, Ice Tea. So we're going to have Ice Tea on the show here soon, I'm sure. There we go. Sort out our differences. Friend of Shaq News. They interviewed him last week. Yeah, yeah, that was very cool. Um, Worst tweet. This is uh this is an old one. I don't know how we found this, but the Steelers network, if the Steelers draft TJ Watt tomorrow, I'll probably cry myself to sleep. All the hype is because of his last name. Yeah. 2017. How the heck did we find that? Old takes exposed. Old man. takes exposed. That guy, that's what he does. Oh, that's you ever talk to the guy that runs that one. He was on my old know. show, I think. I I don't know. He lives in Florida, and like every morning, he he went through his whole process. He's he's got a whole routine. He's quite an interesting character, but he will find it if you put it out there. He will find it, and he has been <laughs> just a burr in my ass for years. And good guy, but a burr in my ass. And it's, it's nice to see it turn on Steelers Nation here. T.J. Watt was the thirtieth pick. What were Steelers fans doing crying about the? You Ugh. know, that's when we talk about entitlement fan fans. bases. I know some n- next tweet. 
Or no, that's all. That's it. That's way, it. We're done. Way to end this show on that note. We're done. One forty-four. Boy, that is by far our longest. Show. Chris, you don't want to do baseball cards? Come on, man. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> that music haunts me. I hear that music in my nightmares. No. All right, let's call it a night. Thanks for tuning into the Big Play Reflux Show. Thanks to MKC for joining us here in the middle of the show. And come on, Baker. Andy, up. You can get through that paywall. It's only what is it, three fifty or something a month? You could do that. Come on, Baker. That would solve all our issues if our quarterbacks would just pay for the paywall. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, thanks to ShackNews.com. Thanks to Labat Blue Light. Thanks to TSE Cleveland and GV Art. And we will see you next Monday night. Thanks for, for hanging out. show compared to this one. That it will be, <laughs> and hopefully giving away some more Labat Blue Light and gv shirts hell yeah all right have a good one we will see you next week go browns go go browns go calves it's time streaming live from cleveland ohio presenting the undefeated undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world the big play show